Howdy, I'm Aaron Alston, and I'm an outcast. Hi, I'm Timothy Zahn, and I'm an outcast. Hey, you. Yeah, you. We know you're out there. Rejects from society. Artists. Writers. Poets. Filmmakers. Get off the couch. Make something. The world is waiting to hear your voice. And so are we. We are the Requiem of the Outcast. Are you an outcast? Hello everyone and welcome to the new version of Requiem of the Outcast, Requiem of the Outcast version 2.0, as the geek uh, geeks out there will understand in computer Woo! terminology. Am Can't, I still allowed to talk on this one? Yes, you are allowed to talk. However, we have we have chosen to revamp the uh, the show to try to go back to the old school to try to be much more positive oriented. In which case, hey, let's have a reason to record and a reason to have the show. And so no so, more making fun of people being the entire show. Not the entire show. I think that we Always should probably small portions. we should relegate it to small portions, and I think it'll be much more entertaining. Are you eating my cheeses? You don't have cheeses. These are my cheeses. Are those the Star Wars cheeses? These are not the cheeses you're looking for. Jedi mind tricks do not work on me. <coughs> Huge dork. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> those are my cheeses. <laughs> okay, now. Uh, yeah, I think we should start out the show with you guys singing "Happy Birthday" to me and Kevin. Go. Happy birthday, birthday you and Kevin. You and Kevin. Okay. Happy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yes, it is your birthday. How old are you turning? Uh, I just turned 26, and I got a lot of really good loot this year. She did get a lot of good loot. I know, because I was one of the loot lootees. Loot, you're got, not a looter. I'm I got, not a looter. I got, I got a Master Replica Vader Saber, and I got... But you got um, that before your birthday. Well, Ross started buying me my birthday presents in April because he knew if he didn't, I would buy the stuff myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So as soon as any Vader stuff came out, he went and bought it for me. That's Very true. Cool. So like all the action figures and dolls and stuff like that and the saber. And dolls. And then the big thing. Sorry. Action figures. <laughs> I can't, I'm a girl. I can call them dolls. That's the 12-inch Barbie that's Anakin that you can undress completely and put in the Vader suit. Yeah, that's a Barbie doll. Is he anatomically correct? Because if he was, I'm pretty sure you've undressed him a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Every night before I go to bed, I change his outfit. But let's just say that right now he's currently wearing his Vader suit with his pretty Hayden head. Right yeah, now. he's anatom anatomically correct. And let me say, Hayden Christensen must have really small feet. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Don't say that about my Hayden! Well, I'm just curious, if, you, if he's Vader anatomically correct, did you chop all his arms and legs off and... <laughs> Well, actually, she does have one that you can take his arms and legs off. Are you serious? Yeah, there's a Vader doll that I got her that you take it's, the arms. No, that is actually an action figure. Yeah, that's an action <laughs> figure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you can take his I love the decapitated fun you want. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, kids! <laughs> For my uh, one of my Marines gave me the 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 reassembling Vader Lego set, and you can actually pull the helmet off the Lego Vader. Yeah. Really? The little, little little Lego Vader, and he's got a little white pasty head. <laughs> nice. He's got all the scars and stuff. And then let's see, what else? Ron got me an iPod Mini for my birthday, and I also scored a personal travel DVD player. 
From my father-in-law? Which, actually, we got to watch them in living color on, yes. on our way to an you event. You know why? Because you can do what you want to do. Living color. Living color. <laughs> I can probably remember most of the lyrics of that, too. Actually, I was singing along while we were watching. But, uh, actually, uh, we, we did just come back from an event, of course, for Katie. Yes. Which, um, of course, you can find out all the information at 4katie.org. I'm wearing my 4katie shirt. Mm-hmm. None of you can see it, but in the event that some of you did not were not at Con Carolinas and were not able to buy one, you, there are, we still have a few left that you can go ahead and buy. <coughs> Which I'll, I'll put up a page for, hopefully by the time this is released I'll have a page for it. They're $15 each, and it's a donation. I will eat the shipping cost and send it to you, but... Um, like I said, they're $15 each, and that $15 goes 100% towards Katie and her cancer treatments. And, of course, you still have your PayPal account, so people will be paying yeah, so that Yeah, you can PayPal right. me at jkg underscore vader at yahoo.com. Oh, and speaking of jkg underscore vader, I, I now have a live journal. I, I jumped on the live journal bandwagon. <laughs> and we all giggle because we've been teasing her forever about that. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I, that was something I did, like, over a year yeah, ago. Yeah, Rich has so. had them for, like, a year. So how, how do Shut people up. get to your live journal? They just go to livejournal.com, uh, and I'm JKG underscore Vader. Because oh, when I like think rich. of costumes, I think of <laughs> 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 Which, actually, what I'll be doing is I'll be updating uh, the recommended Pass site as well as the costumec.com. Uh, costume Couture. Yeah, I've got I always forget uh, that it's called, has, actually has a name, you know. I've got it's Couture costumes. because it's made for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they made it for me. It's oh, wait, Couture. we're making fun of people. We can't do that. Yeah, that's true. Oh. We're making fun of Liv Tyler right now. We can't do that. Oh, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, we have some pretty hilarious pictures from this last event. Yes, so, which uh, hopefully they'll be up in a couple of videos. We're actually, I've been including more videos on the uh, Roto site. Uh, more will be coming soon. Uh, they're right now they're just relegated to miniature movies, but uh, as we go along, the uh, actually the saga of Billy D as well as the Jedi Connection. What a great movie! The saga they, of Billy D was. They had yeah, they, they they had uh, their releases, their opening releases at Con Carolinas, which uh, we've got a few interviews from, uh, which will be coming up very soon. Although later on in this episode will be the uh, Greg Keys interview that was done there. Yeah. Hey, great keys! Which, Woo! of course, were done by Janine and uh, Corona Radio's Nathan Butler. Well, Ron actually, I think, said hello and goodbye. I, yeah, I think I said hello and goodbye. I don't really? think I asked a single question. Well, that's but you were in it, so that's what's important. Yeah, well, you know, I was sitting there. Nathan and I kind of dominated it. Because I have Ron not, hadn't read a single book. Because I, I haven't read a single book by Greg Keyes, so I have no idea how he writes, what he writes, or, you know, anything. So. Which, actually, I have a funny story about Greg Keyes. I indirectly threw him out of a party at what? North Carolina. Yes, I, you told me the story. What? Tell this is a funny story. Tell the story. I want to hear it. Come on. Okay, I was at the MobyCon party, which was thrown in... Uh, By the dominatrix chick? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's nice. Geisha girl and she's then nice. CD girl. Um, the, uh, which was thrown in the honor of Sean O'Rourke from Sins of the Jedi and Davey Beauchamp. Um, and... Uh, while there, apparently since I was the most opposing person in the room, uh, the Geisha girl, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, um, asked me to deal with the, a, a situation that had arisen. There was a jackass that was there who apparently what he does is he goes around and he crashes con parties. And Does, uh, was he at the con? I mean, it's not really crashing the party if you're at the con. Was he well, literally a jackass? I mean, did he like he, ears and everything? <laughs> 
He was donkey. He was I mean, actually donkey. Was he really right. a jackass or was he literally a jackass? No, I would say figuratively he was a jackass. Did we tell you that? No. Would he tell you the literally oh, okay. thing? We'll tell Finish you your story okay. and then we'll tell you the literally um, thing. So he, um, what he does is he goes to conventions. He tries to crash the convention first off until somebody realizes he doesn't have a badge and then kicks him out. And then he goes around to the parties and crashes those. And, of course, he's not got a hotel room. He's not contributing to the con. He's not contributing anything except for showing up at the parties. And it wouldn't be a problem except for the guy is just a, a general jerk while he's there. So he's uh, he's out on the balcony, and uh, and I'm asked to, to go ask him to leave. So... I, I get out there and I'm like I'm like okay how can I handle this obviously I don't want to fight because this guy is actually bigger than I am mm. so I, I know I'll use trickery and deception ah huh? I mean clever like bigger like fat or bigger like tall I just or bigger like muscular just bigger in general or bigger I, I like personality I don't <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't I don't think he was more muscular but he was just a larger so was he so, larger than life not really but he was. <laughs> He was not a living color either. <laughs> um, so he, uh, I, I go up to him and I say, uh, "Excuse me, gentlemen. Um, the hotel security has uh, brought up because it is about two o'clock, two or three o'clock in the morning at this point in time. That because we have you know loud music, we have loud people, loud alcohol, of course. Uh, they asked us to uh, make sure that everybody here is actually a hotel guest, so that way we're not you know a, rising up, riling up a bunch of uh, other paying guests by people who are not paid guests. I figured I'd I'd be cool about it, you know, be kind of like, okay, dude, here's here's a way out where everybody saves face. It's not a problem. And of course, the guy says, uh, I, I, the first guy shows me his badge. It says Greg Keys on it. I'm like, crap. <laughs> okay, well this. Okay, no problem, no problem. I mean, he is the guest of honor at Con Carolinas. We have an interview with him the next day. Everything will be fine. So I turn to the other guy. I say, well, excuse me, do you have your badge? He goes like, no, I left it in my room. I was like, well, you know, could you go get it, please? Because, of course, you know, hotel security, they, they make the requirements, so, so that way we're not disrupting the other paying customers. You lied to him. Yes, I did. And the guy... Uh, Liar! Was like, <laughs> uh, so the guy was like... No, I'm not going to get it. And I said, "Well, I'm I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave then." And so I was completely respectful. You know, I wasn't belligerent or anything. And the guy turns around and leaves. And of course, Greg Keys follows him. Well, as I turn around and go back to speaking to, I think uh, John and Mandy from Rocky Horror Picture Show, love you guys. Um, the uh, love you, love you, mean it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so. Um, this guy, I hear him running his mouth. Like, oh, I don't know what the freak this guy's problem is, man. What's he going to do? He's going to throw me out or something like that? I turn around and I'm just like, okay, I get right in the guy's face. I'm like, look, jackass. I was being polite earlier. Actually, the hostess of the party asked me to throw you out. So now you can either leave quietly now or I can proceed with plan A. And the guy was like, um, okay. And he walked out. And, of course, Greg Keith follows him. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sweating it, but I'm thinking... Tomorrow should be interesting when I get a, you know, Ron, Ron McClung, the guy throwing, you know, who's, who's uh, moderately in charge of Con Carolinas, comes up to me and says, He was ah, the con chair. Was he the con chair? The okay, chair. I wasn't sure yeah. that, I thought he turned out, I thought he wasn't it. But, he wasn't, uh, and then the guy who was the con chair stepped down and he had to take it over. Uh, which, of course, Ron always throws a great con, so. Yeah. Yes, he does. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm anticipating, oh, this should be interesting. Uh, and so, um, they they leave and I after a while I leave the party uh, deal with an, another issue and uh, I guess he comes back. Well, let's fast forward to the next day. Uh, uh, Earl, Sean, Mandy, and uh, and uh, Brian Halloway 
are videotaping a film that was used in the $20 Film Festival, which, of course, is online at requiemoutcast.com slash 20, D-O-L-L-A-R. Troll the dog, get on the chopper! Troll the dog, get to the chopper now! But I like the armor! <laughs> I can't hear myself! <laughs> I can hear myself with my own ears! <laughs> it's um, okay! So <laughs> you have to go and watch it. It is up there, it is online we at the website. That, we just do watch inside it. jokes so much. It, it's, it's a but great you know what? If you movie. go to the website, it won't be an inside joke. So it'll, yeah, it'll be, it's out there for everybody. It'll be an outside joke. So, exactly. So, <laughs> so the the next day, I'm I'm doing guard duty on the door so nobody walks in while they're shooting. And Greg Keys walks by, and I'm like, Mr. Keys, hey man, I just want uh, you know, I introduced myself to him officially that time. I was like, you know, I just wanted to apologize. I didn't want you to think that I was throwing you out of that party at all. It's just this guy, you know, he's sometimes becomes a situation. And Greg Keys was like, you know what? Not a problem. I actually wanted to track you down and say thank you because actually I was trying to get rid of the guy for about 20 minutes and I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> I just didn't nice. want to be rude and, and have to end the conversation there. But I was able to, uh, you know, I did come back up to the party later on. So I was like, whew! And of, course, and of course I didn't introduce myself as, you know, from the show because yeah. <laughs> I kind of kind of crossed my arms a little like, bit to cover hey, the logo on my shirt. Right, 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 the outcast, get your ass out of my party. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm here on behalf of Janine Garner. We'd like you to leave. <laughs> Actually, I should have said Nathan. Oh. There you go. Hey, yeah. Nathan Butler told me you didn't get the hell <laughs> No, 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 no. No blocking for the Nathan. But... Um, so anyway, uh, let's actually talk about Con Carolinas uh, very quickly. Um, Fun! Oh, oh, oh! What was the most important thing about Con Carolinas? You won another freaking award for the costume contest. That is absolutely <laughs> not what I was going to say. Really? Okay. What is the most important part about Con Carolinas? The introduction and the complete the utter success of the $20 Film Festival. Well, I wasn't oh, going yes. to say that, but... I honestly think it was. I think it was the biggest hit of the con. I think really? so. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loved it. Well, I, I know that we ended up having to do an encore later on. We, originally, the plan was to do the $20 Film Festival. Um, we did it at, I think, 6 or at 6. And we, were, and we we ended up having a packed house. I mean, there was standing room only. Yep. We had and, to do an encore. And, yeah, and uh, w- later on, we were going to do the uh, regular film festival where everybody gets to watch, you know, the, the various movies like Revelations or whatever, you know, other fan films that uh, Ron has downloaded. And... <laughs> And everybody was like, hey, can we watch the screen test again? And can we watch this one and this one and this one? So finally it was like, all right, $20 Film Fest, uh, take two. Let's go. Yeah, so we wind up, we wind up kicking, some people out of, kicking some people out of the media room. Well, that was early. Well, yeah, I mean, we did kick the, the anime guys out to do that. But actually earlier we were doing a showing of Sins of the Jedi. Which, of course, Chapter 2 is Me, out. Ron, and Rich are all in. And Dave. Woohoo! And da- that's right, Dave is in it too. But I'm talking Roto members. All three of us make little cameos in Sins of the Jedi. That's true. Rich, what are you? And I've always wanted to make jewelry. <laughs> oh, I didn't get it either. Ooh, the cameo Rich. Oh, okay, I got jewelry. you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Come on! I was thinking Cameo Boutique, you know. But uh, I play the shuttle pilot. And I have, uh, and you have to really look freaking close, but they had me, no kidding, not only, cam- uh, it wasn't a cameo because it was me, I was cameoing as Izar, the eventual director of Imperial Intelligence. I'm the, the intelligence officer on the bridge, I've got the red eye and the blue eye, 
you can't really see them, and I'm in a green uniform. The the color, yeah, there was some color correction done, uh, and unfortunately, her eyes were were victims of that. But they, but I did have the red and blue eyes. <laughs> dedication to the art, and of course, Ron. Ron appears in more than anybody yep, because he's he like, was, you're almost in it as much as Sean. He's I a stormtrooper. He's I'm all the stormtroopers standing behind Rich on the shuttle. He's a stormtrooper <laughs> standing I'm, behind me. I'm a ton of stormtroopers. You can tell which one is me though. I'm the one in the white. <laughs> they literally clone him. <laughs> the, the powers of, and the magic of, of video and, and green screening, which is awesome. Um, so, uh, Sins of the Jedi, of course, go to sinsofthejedimovie.com. Never mind the, the original sinsofthejedi.com because that uh, there was uh, you, you've heard the mishap. But uh, uh, coming up soon, we'll also uh, in a probably next month's episode or a special edition will be uh, an interview with Sean O'Rourke as well as Earl Newton. Um, Talking about the twenty dollars film festival, I'll have a special episode, uh, special edition out about that, so you can find out all the information about that. But and uh, what else was a surprise hit? The uh, the screen test for Arnold. Yeah, the the actual that movies. Was um, very good. The, hit well, the movies that were there was uh, always the quiet ones by uh, An- Anthony uh, Karnowski, who is also an author. Um, we there was. Uh, there was the, the the socially retarded Karate Kid. We had the beer special from Sean O'Rourke. Oh, which that is was funny, but a, I'd never want to see a, it again. A special bit of film, which that is available shocking. on the website. Uh, there was The Great Escalation of War, which is one of the films that was the uh, genesis of the $20 Film Festival. Uh, but that's discussed in the interview. Uh, we had, uh, from us, we had... Two things that were from a corporate film I'm working on, little uh, small mock TV shows that last about a minute. They're online, as well as the Saga of Billy D, which was filmed at Celebration Three for the most part, and uh, as well as the Jedi Connection, which which was actually a surprise hit too. Yeah, I was I was I was sweating it because at first I wasn't going to release it, but it it actually went off fairly well. Uh, the the special edition, I suppose, is going to be coming online. Hopefully, uh, the director's cut. Yeah, director's cut. If it's Stellarcon, you're gonna show the special, the director's cut. Ron and I were thinking how funny it would be for after it gets shown for like the next day or something. Our costumes that we wear at Stellarcon. Would be those ones. <laughs> would be the costumes from Jedi Connection. I think it would be really funny, or you guys should enter those in as the, at the costume, the costume contest, contest and the best of show, and I'll, I'll be over on the slide doing the voices, because Sean and I can do it if he's we'll there, you know. move our mouths, and you guys can do <laughs> our lives. That'd be great. But uh, I'm hoping to get Sean O'Rourke to help me with the voices for that. He already said that he would, so I think it'll it'll really come off well. And the best thing about the $20 Film Festival, it's been picked up for three cons next year. StellarCon, Con Carolinas, of course, and the brand new RavenCon, uh, which uh, we're also get, we're also invited as guests on we for are, the audio. We are already yes, we are. on. Oh, really? Because yeah. I got invited for costuming. I didn't know we got invited for audio. Awesome, yeah. Well. T Morris. Yep. T Morris, you're the man. Uh, Tmorris.com. Check out the uh, Legacy of Moravi. Of and um, I have not read the book, but I have been a, such a huge fan of the 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 Podio book. Uh, he's a, one of the major players in podcasting. And, and, and uh, he, he has made uh, an audiobook. Uh, per, he personally has made his book into an audiobook, and you can listen to it all online for free. As well as uh, Mer Lafferty, who the three of us did a podcasting panel there. Mer Lafferty is from Geek Fu Action Grip. Uh, one of the earlier uh, episodes before we went off for a little while um, that was taken down, I used one of her clips, but uh, you can check her out at geekfuactiongrip.com. 
she what? also does special essays for uh, the Dragon Page, dragonpage.com. What's, uh, by the way, we've mentioned Sean a lot. What's his website? Uh, SeanO'Rourke.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-O-R-O-U-R-K-E. There, uh, there dot com. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely in our friends section. Uh, well, and, he, and Sean, and Sean, uh, if you're looking for somebody to do voice work or somebody to do acting or anything, and Sean's Sean's incredible. That that is one thing you mentioned acting. So far, most of the reviews, Revelation seems to be the darling of the internet right now, and especially fan films. A lot of people are turning it as one of the best ones that are, that is in universe. I counter that with Sins of the Jedi. I feel that it has the best acting. Um, I feel that it, 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 where it lacks in some aspects. Yeah, that stormtrooper in the back of the shuttle—he's <laughs> the hottest, sexiest beast <laughs> ever. <laughs> some of the things where it seemingly lacks actually makes its charm because instead of everything being shot on a green screen or you know the the, the standards like a forest or whatnot, it brings it really brings to the table some of the production value. They used the a real set. They they used yeah. real sets besides the castle, but even the ship. I watched it and I remarked with with absolute admiration that it reminded me of some of the old uh, BBC sci-fi shows. Yeah. Where you know you know that they're actually on the set and you know what it was made with love. <laughs> it wasn't made with a budget, but it was sure as hell made with love. Like you know? watching Doctor Who. And it, yeah, I mean, it, but in a good way. Uh, yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> not knocking Doctor Who. Just you know, fortunately there aren't any Daleks. So. Yeah. But uh, you know, since the Jedi movie dot com, it's the the first two chapters are out. The third chapter, which is the big one featuring many members from the Carolina Garrison. <laughs> Which of course there there's a, a preview for for chapter three because remember these aren't episodes these are little chapters of one full story but chapter three is basically nothing <laughs> the the preview that we saw was nothing but like stormtroopers getting blown up so it's like yeah you have chapter one story <laughs> chapter two or chapter one action chapter two story chapter three we blow stuff up you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems to be the series but. Uh, <laughs> But no, that, this is one of the the series that I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to. The, the a lot completed. of stormtroopers doing what stormtroopers do well: dying, <laughs> getting blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, I mean, we, we've got who do we know that's out there? We got, uh, I think, Dave Anderson. Uh, Dave Anderson. Sherilyn. Uh, Sherilyn. Yes. Sean Dudley. There's so many members. I mean, we can't even name them uh, from the Carolina Garrison 501st. So. And let's see what else. <laughs> Yes, I did win the costume contest again with a little help from my friends. Which the video for, well, a mock video. Which is what we got The video that basically gave Amber, Amber who, okay. Okay, okay. I tell you you now. This is the the quick version because I don't want to bore you guys. Um, Amber. Too late. (laughs) Amber is a friend of mine who, this was her first con. She really wanted to enter the costume contest. She has a beautiful Jedi costume that she designed and I helped her make. And she wanted to enter the costume contest. Well, she saw Rich making, Sherilyn and I were both dressed in our Slave Leia. Well, Rich asked her, Sherilyn and I to go ahead and do a cat fight, a mock cat fight, pretending that we arrived at the same place wearing the same outfit. Robbie, I tried to get the Jello in there, but they wouldn't let me. Sorry. Yeah, Ron said no. He had to draw the line. Anyway, he was going to go for coleslaw, but the ladies turned that. I was okay with the Jello, but it was going to be cherry Jello, and I don't like cherry. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) anyway, so Amber had this brilliant idea that for the costume contest, three of us would enter, and she would go on stage pretending to be hosting a party. 
I would arrive, take off my cloak, blah, 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 show her my new outfit that I got just for the and party. And, of course, she is wearing the slave Leia. And then, immediately after me, Sherilyn arrives, takes off the cloak, and she's wearing the same thing. I turn around... <laughs> We start calling each other names. I'm not going to tell you the lines because, well, I'll tell you why. Because anyway, we start calling each other names, and various articles of our costume comes off. Nothing that would reveal what? anything. Damn it! I would know. I wish I missed that. Yeah, Sherilyn ripped out ripped out part of my headpiece. I ripped off her bracelet, and before any more of the fight could ensue, Amber broke up the fight with a Jedi with a force push. And, of course, all the guys are screaming, No, no, no! <laughs> and, uh, let let it 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 and then she put us under her mind trick. And um, at that point, you know, she made us like each other. And so then we were hugging, you know, hugging and making up. And all the guys were like, Tell them to kiss and make up! Kiss and make up! <laughs> Crowd interaction. My God, it's like Rocky yeah, Horror going to you guys. It is. Anyway, we, uh, we, we, won, we won best in show. Because uh, first place went to Darth Maul, who definitely deserved it. Second and third place went to the same guys that took second and third place last year when I won the Best in Show at North Carolinas. No, no, no. Or to what? To what? Uh, Van Helsing won for oh. Pirate last year, and um, our Commando dude uh, won for yeah, won for his uh, his uh, Django. Last the year, year before. The year yeah. before. Oh, very so, cool. So, anyway, we took... Boogie Board Chick didn't win this year. She <laughs> didn't show up. Uh, but she was, she was scared. Darth Maul did, and he was an awesome Darth Maul. <laughs> she, had a, she had a horrible neck accident trying to boogie board <laughs> upside down. So, we won. It actually... Actually, so many people came up to Sherilyn and to Amber and I separately, and this was totally Amber's brainchild. Um, afterwards, they all asked us, please, to do it again. So, we are... Nobody steal our idea since I've told what we did. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and enter it in the Star Wars costume contest at Dragon Con. We don't really care if we win anything. We just think it's a funny skit. and Because yeah. we'll, there are going to be beautiful costumes that definitely deserve to win. But we think that the skit is funny enough. And we would enter it into the masquerade, except for I'm a big chicken. I would probably vomit before I could make it on stage. <laughs> What I wanted to uh, also mention was that right now I have a, a, another series out which is called Campfire Tales. Um, this is done with my wife's uh, grandfather. It is basically, he is going to be your surrogate grandpa. Basically, most folks have uh, somebody that likes to tell stories in their family. And these stories aren't too personal. They're more uh, just, rega uh, just talking about the, the old days. And how they were not better, but just different. And he's got some really funny stories. If you dig stories from, from the past, and you can get find out at recommendtheoutcast.com slash campfire. Um, also coming soon, uh, just to let you folks know that, that my kind of, uh, some of the plans that I have for Recommend the Outcast right now, obviously I need to finish up uh, the Saga of Billy D, which will be available on the 24-hour cinema site, as well as the Jedi Connection. Um, which... I'm also working on the archive, getting up a modified version of the archive. We were slowly running out of space, but I also want to get some of our best bits up there because I know that there are some people that miss uh, from time to time the show, and so they, they like to get some of the older episodes. I've actually had more complaints when I took down the archive than about any, any problems anybody's ever had with the show. So those will be up soon as well as... Um, <clears throat> I didn't realize that this was going to be made public, but I might as well bring it up. And no, I'm not talking about the uh, the blackmail pictures, Merv. Um, I'm, Woo! I'm referring. Thank you, Freddie. 
Franken-Trucker John, I love you. Uh, <laughs> But I'm sorry, there still is not enough alcohol, babe. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. You weren't too drunk that night, and it looked like you were getting pretty friendly. No, that was a hey, whatever it took to talk to Amanda. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, so the uh, <laughs> now that's completely lost track. Of what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I am. I've actually taken over uh, writing the, ep- the the third episode of the Sith Journal, which is the. The series that I've been doing with uh, with Michael and um, and so coming very soon will be episode three. Um, I had actually written a script. If, this is something if you ever have somebody else writing one of your stories, make sure that you have a, basically a bible of what the situation is and how things are going. Um, I had written, uh, I had had the third episode written, and I sent it off to him, and he was complimenting me about it. But then he he also said, "Oh, by the way." Our characters don't know all this stuff yet, and and they're actually you know not they're not Sith apprentices yet. He's 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 still a Padawan right now, and he doesn't know that that guy's a Sith Lord yet. So you need to rewrite it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well that's cool. And so what my hope is is that uh, that the story uh, is used later on modified. But needless to say, that this project is actually being moved on. It's not being written off just because of what's out there. The reason why I I told that story was to show you that we are actually trying to go for the best quality that's going to make sense for the storyline, which is something that we in the audio realm um, have always strived to do. So the only reason why that project has been delayed, if any of you are wondering, is because we're really trying to get the best product out there. So... Um, and I know I have a hell of a time doing it. I, it's it's a lot of fun, you know. Uh, being essentially uh, just about the only voice in a series is very strange. And because, you know, it's basically I'm having to carry everything. And the writing is good, but and, and the writing itself is is about 50% of the equation. But, of course, the, the, the actual uh, performance needs to be up to par. And so, fortunately, I think it, it's been up to par so far. But uh, um, now having to do... <laughs> A lot of the work, it's like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. So, nice. uh, of course, you know, running a series to anybody out there that's working on the mad props, you know. I even told Jeff Roney this, and a lot of you know that, you know, we've we've been down on the series that it's it's some uh, Jeff Roney, somebody who works very hard on it, and we're not saying that the series is bad by any means. That it's 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 not our flavor, but to all the creators out there, whoever you are, that hey, you guys are putting together some stuff that is not easy to do. So. If at any time that we made somebody feel bad by a review of something, I'm sorry, you know, I have, I mean, we still, we, we don't apologize for our, our opinions, but we well, do. I'll never apologize for my opinion. I might apologize in the manner of my delivery. Uh, correct. And so but that's, not my opinion. Yeah, because, yeah, hey, our p- opinions are, are our own, but, you know, mad props to anybody out there, no matter what it is, who is doing a series. But I'd just like to mention that you just said mad props twice. I did? Yeah. Mad props. Mad I'm, props. All right, so listen here, Vanilla Ice. I'm (laughs) hey, I got street cred, all right? That's what I do. That's that's how I roll, What street street are you talking about, man? Elm Street? Main Street? Hidden Creek Drive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think street cred counts in the suburbs, my friend. Oh. Works for Eminem. Oh, that's true. That's true. Malibu's most wanted up in here. (laughs) Up in this piece. (laughs) Up in this this mug. Moving right along. The actual news uh, story is Star Wars television. A lot of people have heard about it. Yay! Um, uh, of course, nothing as of the recording of this episode has been set in date, although I have heard rumors 
about possibly Daniel Logan being in it, i.e. Boba Fett, oh. and that he would be playing this title character. I have also heard of Amy Allen saying that Ayla Secura is alive, somehow surviving 500 stormtrooper shots, or uh, clone trooper shots, and that uh, she might be in the series too. So and dying like a punk. Yeah, but oh, damn, she no. looks. But, but you I know, she looks good doing it. She looked good dying like a punk. She looks good doing anything. <laughs> but man, did she die like a punk? Just turns around and is like, ah, what's going on? Yeah, bam, 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 bam. You know, the other, the other, the other guys at least try to fight. You know, she just kind of goes, ah, I'm too pretty. I must die. No, I think it was like, you don't want to shoot me. Look at me, and then she fell down. But, yeah. Hey, you yeah. know, ride that Jedi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, Talking about some blue milk. No, no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. Where does blue milk come from? Blue cows. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> we're also uh, coming up in the works for us, getting back to what we were talking about before, because that was really the only news bite that we had. Yeah. Besides, yeah. Indiana Jones 4 has yeah. been almost greenlit. 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 So Greenlit. what, are they going to have Greenlit. a geriatric so. Indiana Jones? Just about, actually, at the uh, AFI Lifetime Achievement Awards uh, for George Lucas, Harrison Ford on stage said, George, you know, I am i can't wait for Indiana Jones 4, but just get on with it already. I mean, Sean, you know, Sean is not going to be able to play my dad much longer. Well, yeah, they look like they're brothers already. <laughs> Come on. There's actually only a third... They brought it up. He's like, actually, you know, there's only like a 13-year difference between them. I, I don't think Sean could... Okay, well, yeah, maybe Sean... <laughs> yeah, Sean, Sean. Maybe <laughs> not most people, but Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Also, uh, we've got a video edition that is eventually going to be coming out. Um, that is something that I'm still uh, really working for. At Con Carolinas, there just wasn't enough time to shoot it. Um, we, we were having so daggone much fun hanging out with Earl... Hanging out with uh, Anthony, with uh, Sean, with Davey, with everybody, Amy, you know, with everybody that was out there. Happy birthday, just... Amy! Oh, it was Amy's birthday? Her birthday is the same day as mine. Hey, no kidding. Or rather, mine is the same as hers since she was born before me. Oh, that's right. Well, happy birthday, Amy. They say it's your birthday. Okay, um, so. So, we will have a video edition coming along, and I have been collecting pictures for the girls of the Requiem of the Outcast calendar, which will finally be made. Nice. Um, so, if you are a hot chick, or even a moderate chick. Who gets to put my Sith Witch on the girls of the Requiem of the Outcast? Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Sith Witch, that's a good one, too. Is, is that going to be updated on Costume C? I that gave it to you. Is that, that is some of the Yeah, it's on. one okay, of the sweet. ones to get updated. Very cool. That is a, a very cool looking costume. My last minute costume. Yes. Worked. And uh, so that is going to be pleased to get. I've also got a picture of uh, of Jane, Jane, Jamie, uh, our fan from C3. Oh, yeah. And so I've got a really good picture of her. Cool. And uh, so that's going to be going on there. Uh and so we're looking for more pictures of people either, you know, that are basically Star Wars fans that listen to the show or have been on the show. I'm going to try to get Cheryl in. Uh, we've got plenty of pictures of Janine. Um, <coughs> who knows? If we don't have enough room, we might, you and me might have to dress up and get some long hair. Oh, well, I've so. got some pictures of That's Cheryl a scary thought. Amber, right Amber and her Jedi. Amber, yes, some that's right. Some great pictures of Amber and her Jedi. You're free to pillage any of my costumes what about, uh, pictures. What about, right. what about, uh, Miss Rebecca? No, Mer's wife, shit. Sharon, We've right. got yeah. Sharon you can put on there. And yeah, that's right. She is getting her slave Leia, too. Well, and I've got a picture of her in my slave Leia. And 
You can also put uh, Merv. Oh, Merv, by the way, Sherry looked really good in that Slave Leia. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And Merv looked pretty damn good running uh, AP at the Rocky Horror Picture Show at North Carolina the man. Too. Merv's yes, the man. Is. Again, right. mad props. Mad <laughs> props. Mad props to the to the for the Mervmeister man. Merv. <laughs> you went from like gangster <laughs> no. to like six, like like forty year old person. Yeah. Wait, which what should it be? Should it be Mervy G? Mervy G. <laughs> Merv Nizzle. Merzel. Merzel. Let's call him Merzel. <laughs> For Rizzle Merzel? Actually, we need to get some pictures of him in his kilt for the, the, the yeah, calendar. For the girls. <laughs> right crazy one we, can, we need him in a wig. That's oh, what we need. Yes. Well, you know, that picture of Ron <laughs> and uh, Alvin with Ron with the wig on under the covers with Alvin on top of the covers grabbing his nipple. That should... Uh, Make it. Damn, you got better blackmail pictures out there than I do. Oh man, I got, I got, some, I got the goods on Alvin, man. Really? <laughs> uh, we're, wait, we're already five oh first. It's members, Alvin. So. He doesn't care. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't count as blackmail. The guy just <laughs> He's again. just like, yeah, whatever. Put it out there. It's all good. I know. I bet you if you ask him, he'll do it for you too. So <laughs> yeah. believe me, he likes nipples. It's okay. Man, he is a nipple freak, isn't he? Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Uh, <laughs> our fearless leader, the five oh first. Master. Oh, good grief. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised he hasn't put him in on his armor yet. To be honest, like the Batman, <laughs> like the Batman costume, just have nipples on it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up uh, in the next few months will be uh, many interviews that we have recorded um, and have yet to record. We've got Jenny Wirtz, which was uh, taped, uh, which was recorded at uh, the StellarCon. That was a great interview, by the way. It was. It yeah. was. I didn't. I hadn't read any of her books or anything, and I, I, I dug her. You know. Yeah, she was. She was cool. She was really. She really and her cool. husband both very, very cool people. Very cool. We've got some stuff with Sean O'Rourke talking about Sins of the Jedi, which hopefully will be uh, in next month's episode, as well as uh, Earl Newton, who the two of them. I'll have clips uh, in the special edition when that comes out, uh, talking about the Twenty Dollar Film Festival. Um, want to get Sherilyn Lambeth, who has done a lot of uh, sword fighting. She's a member of the Shadow Shadowbox players. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Shadow something players. Shadowbox players. I think it's Shadowbox players. As well as being a master costumer, and she's been on the episode before. Um, we we've interviewed her before, as well as she helped co-host the Dragon Con. But she knows all those. That was Cammy. Yeah. Cammy actually those, uh, interviewed. She wasn't co-hosting. Cammy actually helped me run around and ask questions. Sherilyn, right. Sherilyn, actually, it's really cool. She knows all of the, not just not just regular sword fighting, but all of the tricks for short sword fighting for film. Correct, and, and actually, I want to have her on when we yeah. do a video episode, which I'll be probably compiling uh, footage for, uh, so that way we can actually put it out. Um, also, I got a, a phenomenal interview with Jeff Breslauer, who is a uh, he's a bit of a puppeteer. He's an actor, a voice actor. He uh, he has an amazing tutorial that we recorded uh, during the interview about how to build voices. Which just blew me away. Hell, I'm thinking about cutting it out and charging people for it, but hey, I wouldn't do that to people. So, uh, I would. And also, hey, coming coming soon, maybe, our interview with Scott Kurtz. I don't know. Will he snub us again? Will he show up? Will he actually answer oh, the what, phone? Are we supposed to try again? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Will he catch me digging through his trash? I don't know, but <laughs> actually, we were invited to Alcon out in Texas, and I was thinking, hmm. That isn't the same town that he's in. I think we should go and knock on his door and say, "Hey, asshat, where's our interview?" But you know, hey, if you do, deny Don Corleone an, uh, an interview the first time, he does not ask a second. 
Actually, I'll, I'll piss Scott off by uh, interviewing Scott McCloud. They, they've got a major beat, but anyway. Why? Why, why is that? Um, Scott McCloud. Well, he came up with. I, I'm not saying it's a. It's a the smartest way to do things, but uh, it's called BitPass. It's a way for webcomic creators to be paid uh, for doing their webcomics. You basically you make your webcomic, and people have to pay to see it, uh-huh. which is kind of to me kind of underhanded in a way. Whereas you're you're putting it online, uh, the internet should be as free as possible. I'm not you know advocating piracy, but just Excuse me, using that as as an avenue, much like podcasting right now, it's still a very fresh concept that people are trying to make money off of it. Um, then you have uh, everybody else. It's it's almost like an us versus them with Scott McCloud because uh, uh, Scott McCloud he he's come up with this idea of BitPass, which will help a lot of web comic creators to make money, people who may not be able to get in print. Yeah. Um, but you know the thing is, is like you know how do you know you're good enough to actually make a living off of it, whatnot. Whereas you have some people like Penny Arcade, Scott Kurtz, um, you know, whether I like the guy or not, he's still an amazing talent. Um, but you have other people that have free content out there, yet they're still able to supplement their incomes, much like uh, the the Homestar Runner guys, the, the brother chap, brothers chaps. Uh, they put out their free content, but they make money off the merchandising. Uh, we also um, Aaron Austin. He he wants us to interview him. He he's one of the first people that's actually uh, requested being back on the show, which is awesome. He had I, I guess he was okay with the first time. He he had a good time. We had we had a hell of a good time. I know yeah, that. Well, of course, we, a, we won an award for the uh, the the interview as well. Yes. Um, and so I look forward to we. As far as we know, he will be at StellarCon 30, and so we'll be bringing an interview uh, with him from there. Um, which also brings up another Star Wars author. Uh, Michael Stackpole, uh-huh. and uh, a wonderful little email that I got from Mr. Stackpole. Let me find it. Be prepared, Matt. Be prepared. I uh, well, you know, I had it over to the side. Got so much stuff. Rich, I tell you, man. I'm it, going to. <laughs> this disorder is just disgusting to me. I know. <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, read an email, uh, with, of course, with his permission, um, that he he sent me out of the blue. Because Rich, I recently got into podcasting, and after exploring a bit, I decided that setting up a central website for high-quality programs that appeal to science fiction folks really needed to be done. www.tsfpn.com is the result. Now, if you're wondering what that stands for, it is the Science Fiction Podcast Network. It's the initials. Um, I'd love for you to look around and decide if you want to join us. Now, he says that he's only listened to the last podcast of Requiem, but I know I wanted it in our lineup. It's good quality audio and just has a great feel to it. With lots of new folks getting into podcasting, the audience is just on the cusp of exploding. As well you know, having great shows is vital if podcasting is to flourish. Your show is easy to listen to and very approachable. If that makes sense, so it communicates a love of Star Wars without frightening folks off. So he was very uh, flattering about the show, which was very cool. And he uh, himself is somebody who desperately wants to protect the audio creators. And so with this network, it's a way for everyone out there to know where the the best of the best is at, you know? And the fact that he wanted us to be a part of that was just absolutely astounding. Um, He was not only, he knew the show, he complimented us, but he wanted us to join his network. And to me, that is just a huge... 
huge thing for us, um, as well as uh, some of the other shows that have been invited with uh, Chrono Radio, uh, Star Wars on Direct, and the uh, Force.net podcast. All these shows. Which, as far as I'm concerned, we're in pretty damn good company. Yes, we are. And, of course, mentioning uh, Chrono Radio, the other part of our Greg Keys interview will be found there. Um, and, of course, you can find that at StarWarsFanWorks.com. And I also, of course, mentioned Star Wars on Direct. And I have a little audio note from those guys. Uh, I want to apologize for this episode being a little disorganized. Uh, we, of course, just got back recently from the, the tripping event. Uh, yes, that we, we did. To the, the, at we the just got back like sports. two hours ago. Yeah. Correct. And, of course, we're going to be going to watch Batman later on. Woohoo! Batman Begins! So, uh, and, of course, this is our only opportunity hey, to record. <laughs> I give, it, I give it five snaps and a B formation. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so uh, Star Wars on Direct is actually going to start putting out shorter episodes. So for those of us who have listened, of course, I'm, I'm listening again now that the episode three is out. I say yay because I've only got so much time uh, to deal with stuff. But, of course, that means they're also moving weekly. So I still think it's going to end up being the same amount of content. The episodes are probably going to be about an hour and a half long. And they're going to be airing on Tuesdays from about 7 to 8 uh, Eastern. So, for uh, those of you who enjoy Star Wars on Direct, uh, they're, they're moving to a new day and time. And, uh, and, of course, with the shorter format, they're going to be able to, I think, cover uh, quite a bit more, inf- uh, more things because they'll be able to really focus on what they need to. Right. I think it's a good move. Uh, as do I. Yeah. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and break for uh, some of our wonderful trailers, commercials, and whatnot. When we come back from that, we will have our half of the Great Keys interview. Remember, of course, you can hear the rest of it at... Uh, actually, you know what? I don't know if this is part one or part two. Okay, so we either but you can part listen to the, or part one. You can either listen to the first half of it or the second half at StarWarsManWorks.com. <laughs> listen for Chrono Radio. <laughs> if it picks up halfway through, you know we're the second half. Exactly. Well, we're probably going to be the better half anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. We are the better half. Yes, we are. The the, uh, the interview is, uh, <laughs> as I said, StarWarsFanWorks.com. And uh, when we come back from that, we'll go ahead and cover a few things in the audio realm, as well as the return of the fanfic. <gasps> da da da. <laughs> You are listening to Requiem of the Outcast. For more information and show notes, visit RequiemOfTheOutcast.com. StarWarsFanWorks.com presents Star Wars and Beyond. Warning! Star Wars and Beyond can contain spoilers, serious issues, discussions of a frank manner, guaranteed to be politically incorrect, psychological nudity. Hey man, if it works for Michael Savage, it works for me. Star Wars and Beyond, Episode 6, hosted by Robbie Chastain, premiering in July 2005. Scheduled for the episode, the fan audio community looks at, critiques, comments, reviews, criticizes, and just generally speaks about the just-released Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. This episode will contain my review of said movie as well. But look for this show in July on StarWarsAndBeyond.com. A ship with no crew follows towards the sun. One crew member has deserted. 
The other wakes floating deep in space with no memory of who she is or why she's there. The captain, trapped on the bridge's ceiling by intense g-forces, fights to remain conscious as the large craft tumbles end over end. With no escape and no way to stop this enormous craft, seven passengers struggle to reach ship's center as the saboteur among them murders them one by one. Bones Burnt Black, the powerful new science fiction novel by Stephen Ewan Cobb. Fast, literate, compelling. Bones Burnt Black, ask for it at your favorite bookstore today. Did you like those commercials? If you'd like to have your project promoted on Roto, contact us at ReckonTheOutcast.com, and I'll return you to your regularly scheduled show already in progress. You mentioned the Native Americans. You, you had grown up on a Navajo reservation. I didn't grow up on I lived on one, yeah. On yeah. Did, how did that impact your, your writing style or just your uh, just anything about the way you do the characterizations? Did it have a, a distinct impact? Uh, yeah, I mean, it did. It, it's hard to characterize. I mean, probably less, say, in The Age of Unreason and and Star Wars books, and, and more in some of my other work, like The Waterborne and Black God, because, you know, still, this was in the 70s, and I was still living in a place, and they were still very conservative then, Navajos, and they still believed in this sort of pantheistic world in which each rock and tree and so forth has its own spirit, you know, every place they can point to. The Force? Hmm? Not, yeah, not the Force, but individual things. You know, so I kind of I grew up with a little bit of that. I grew up with the Navajo language in my years, and I could speak some of that on. And it was really later, um, at the time, I didn't care about archaeology or, or anthropology. At the time, I was, like most kids, more interested in finding a dinosaur bone. Um, so I was stepping on postures and stuff, pushing them aside, looking for dinosaur bones. But it was later, you know, when I got in college, that I started looking back into my experiences and thinking I wanted to know more about them. So I started, you know, majoring in history and then anthropology. You know, my field work as an anthropologist has been with the Choctaw or Mississippi. But I think that, and just also the oral storytelling tradition, I think I get a lot of a lot of the way I write and the way I think about writing. I think comes out of those those kinds of storytelling books. Did you have? Uh, well, you grew up for a portion of your life anyway in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I'm from Mississippi, so I've had a lot of influence, obviously, from Southern writers. Wondering if any of the uh, if any of those specifically any of those the Southern writers that like, you read as a child, like Faulkner, you mean, or yeah, um, Faulkner, you know, Welty, or or mm-hmm. you know. Tennessee Williams, even any 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 writer, playwright, author, whatever that's that's what's what have been your largest influence as far as authors are concerned? I it, yeah, I didn't read a lot of the um, until I got to college or you know in high school we had to read some Faulkner, but I mostly didn't read that stuff. I mostly read science fiction, okay. and I mostly read science fiction, and that starts the minute I can read. You know, I didn't read much else, frankly. Um, besides science fiction and fantasy, and then things related like collections of folklore and that kind of thing, until I was much older. So my my greatest influences would would definitely be from that from the genre that I write in now. Burroughs or or maybe well not Heinlein that well not quite that old, but yeah yeah I mean yeah well I didn't read Burroughs until later either. I read a lot of Heinlein. I read and I read, read mostly science fiction. I read a lot of Heinlein. I read read a lot of Asimov and including the ones he wrote the the juveniles he wrote under. That other name, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. You know, the first stuff I read was probably the Tom Swift books and yeah. Danny Dunn. Yeah, I read those. Um, you have to remember that I didn't have a library. We had, like, this bookmobile that came every month or so. Um, so, um, well, well, actually, that was on the reservation. Really, we did have a library, 
And there, all I did was I, I just started in the A's, and I worked my way all the way through, picking anything, you know, over time, just taking anything down that looked like science fiction or fantasy, because I didn't have it in a separate nice. place. So I pretty much wor- worked my way through everybody that they had. Uh, you mentioned uh, studying the Choctaw. Mm-hmm. Odd thing that I, that I came across on one of your bios that I was curious about, because I looked, I tried to look it up online. It seems like only UGA, uh, University of Georgia, I know you've done some, some math. Was master's work? I got my master's there, and I was some ABD for dissertation. Oh. I just never read the thing. Uh, to my knowledge, they're the only school that actually has a team. Is it Capuchatoli? Capuchatoli. Yeah, I started that team in the late 80s. What, could you describe kind of what, sure, what it is in general and whether or not, I guess, you're any good? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's, I, um, I can talk a lot about, about a lot of stuff, but I'm not good at it a lot of stuff. It's, um, Capuchatoli is, is a game... That's the Choctaw name for a game that was played in some form over most of North America. The most familiar form would be lacrosse. Okay? Capuchatoli is like lacrosse, except instead of one big netted stick, you get two small netted sticks about two and a half or three feet long with um, a pocket about the size of your palm. And these things work together kind of like salad tongs. You hold them together so that the cups touch. And the ball is about the size and weight of a golf ball. The goals are post 12 feet high, one post on each end of the field, so you have to hit the post. You can either throw the ball and hit the post, or if you're very foolish, you can hold those sticks with the ball in it and muscle your way to the post. It's played without pads. In fact, it's played without shoes and shirt. And if you've got the ball, they can do more or less anything they want to. So it's a really rough, rough game. And, I mean, the Cherokee played a version of this. We played the Choctaw rules because I'm from Mississippi, and that's what I knew. And one of my... Like my great grandfather used to play. So I started a team in Athens, Georgia, '88 or so. And for the first five or six years, we just lost every game. And most of us, a lot of us, went to the hospital. And, um, and it was somewhere in the early '90s, about '93, I think, that we started winning. And this whole time, the whole time actually, after our first game with them, the Choctaw, uh, this particular team, which was called Conahatta. Conahatta invited me to play on their team when they played the other top, top teams of the fair. So they considered me good enough to at least be a mascot, sort of. Um, but I did play. You know, I scored a couple of goals at the fair, which is difficult to do because there are 60 people on the field. There's 30 people oh on the team. Oh, my God. So, you know, you're waiting for the ball, hoping you can catch it, and you can hear the thunder of these feet from every direction. And the minute you catch it, you, you know, you, you probably have to throw it or die, you know, because they just smash you down. It's like pray you get it and pray you survive. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not in shape to play it now, but at one time I was... I was hey, decent. it's the magic of radio. No one can see. Oh, uh, that's right. Hey, there you go. Uh, but at one time I was pretty decent. I haven't played it that much lately. You know, when I moved to, to Seattle during a Choctaw, there was nobody to play. The team kept going, though, um, and it's still in existence. And in fact, I think there's now a North Carolina team that's spalled off in, in Boone, I think. Cool. That's spalled off from that from the, wow. the Georgia team. And they, in fact, I think they just played a game in Mississippi not long ago. I guess the question that that yeah, would be I'd be killed if I didn't ask mm-hmm. from some of the listeners would be on the uh, the differences between the Star Wars and the Babylon Five books in terms of how much you were given to start with. It, the B Five books, Psychor trilogy says right there at the top, based on an outline by J. Michael right. Krasinski, and then we all know that there are certain things in the New Jedi Order that were required in terms of each story. The Bible. How did it differ in terms of what you were given and how much leeway you got on each of those? Um, well, the, first of all, the process was really different, um, and I'll start with Babylon 5 because that's what I did first. I was a fan of the show. My editor found this out, so when they got 
the rights to do Babylon 5, I, he was, I was the first one he called and asked me if I wanted to do the sideboard books. I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. And I, I was really kind of excited about it. And, you know, as a bonus, I was in Seattle. They flew me down to California and went to Babylonian Studios, watched them film an episode. Um, do you know they have the overthruster from Buckaroo Banzai in their prop room? I, I did like not that. know that. That's <laughs> awesome. I don't know if it's still there, but they did at the time. That was what. Must be a guy thing. Y'all know what he's talking about. I don't. I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, you know, watched him film an episode, and I was interviewed by Joe, and which was pretty intimidating. He's a big guy anyway, and I sat in his office. And my editor was sitting next to me, and he just looked at me. He wasn't saying anything. He just kind of kind of looked at me like, "Who are you?" Like that. And my editor kept trying to break in with little quips and comments to try to get the conversation going, and it's not working. And then finally, he asked me a question. I don't even remember what the question was. And I answered it to his satisfaction. He said, okay, you can do it. And that was it. But from then on, his assistant, Fiona Avery, who I uh, became pretty good friends with over time, essentially, if I had any questions, I just called Babylonian Studios directly. This is not the case with Star Wars. You don't call. There are people at Lucasfilms you can call, but you don't get George Lucas' you know, personal assistant. Also, it was kind of on the ground floor because there had been Babylon 5 books before that, but um, Joe didn't really consider them to be canon except for one, one and a half of them. So it was kind of on the ground floor, and I had a, a great deal of latitude because of that and because of, I was dealing with the period before the show's actually starting and dealing with characters that weren't on the show until the last, couple, last book, really. So because of all of that, you know, it was, a, it was a little more like the process that I used in writing you know, my own books, the books that entirely created by me. Star Wars was, was a little more intimidating because so many people had worked in it. You know, I know, knew the fans were out there and were going to be scrutinizing what I did. And I just, you know, in fact, I turned it down once because I just didn't think I was up to speed. I hadn't read that many of the books and I was afraid I couldn't do it. And then the second time after I'd done Babylon 5, I, I felt a little more confident about being able to work with a license. And, you know, I just took the time and up to speed, which is in no way a difficult task. I have to watch the movies again, you know. <laughs> you know, have to read, have to read the the, the the better books, you know. And there are better ones. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. I mean, in anything franchise that size, they're good, better, and best, you know. And everybody's got slightly different opinions about at least slightly different. With things. the Star Wars books, I would say most of them, people are pretty much a consensus over what are the good ones and mm-hmm. what are the bad ones. Yeah. And there are probably only a couple that. That fall in the cracks somewhere. Yeah, that, you know... Well, but I do know that, for instance, um, you know, there are certain books that you either, people either love or hate, and it's almost like a, you know... Like The Truce of Bakura. I love it, but I've talked to so many people. I hate it, Kathy Tyre. I should never be allowed to write again. Would you you still buy it? The Amazon guy? What? Even if she, even if you hated, even if you hated a book and... It was written by the person who hated it since it's Star Wars. Would you still buy it? Well, being that, that I have every I single Star Wars book yes, ever written. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a collection it's for me. Some people do the action figures. I do the books. Okay. And I'm, like, on a quest to get every Star Wars book signed eventually, except for the ones written by Brian Daly. Oh, well, yeah. Since yeah, because he's, he's dead. Passed on. But all the rest of them are alive. So. For now. For now. Yeah, for now. Now. I got Alan Dean Foster. He was, he was yeah, a hard one, but I got him. Yeah, he doesn't get out that much anymore. No. The first, he was, he's a funny guy. The first time I ever met him, he walks up, he's like, what do I call you, Jay? Oh, <laughs> the time was Jay Gregory. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And he, 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 he was pretty gruff with me until I, he had just come back from One of the Papua, many places Papua New Guinea. Yeah. And as it turned out, I had just come back from Malaysia. And then he started to relax, uh, you know, because one of his big 
beast with fantasy and science fiction authors is they don't actually ever do anything real. You know, they don't actually ever go someplace and climb a mountain. That's what happened in our interview um, with him. Really? Yeah, he was like, on like big like nerds, it. big nerds. And then he said something about being in Brazil. And I said, oh, this is my mom. She's from Brazil. And I did an internship there. And my husband and I are both Marines and travel the world. And it was all of a sudden, oh, where have you been? <laughs> yes. I love, I've never been to Brazil. I love Portugal. I actually just got back from the Azores. I really like Portugal. Yeah. I need a private plane or something. Well, I don't have a private one, huh? I fly the one the Marine Corps makes you fly. You gotta get out of the south sometime. It's not all the Azores in Italy. You know, I did where you were in Indiana. Yeah. I gotta get out of this side. Now you hung. I did. On my way back from Iraq, I stopped in in Sicily and in Azores. Nice. Granted, I was only in Iraq for two days. Oh, well. I was dropping a plane off and picking another one up. Spinning off of what uh, the Iraq thing of the what's going on right now, not in terms of Iraq specifically, but one thing that I noticed, not really I guess a theme, but just things that are in common between the B five and the Star Wars books that you had written. In Star Wars, you've got your fanatics, you've got your Yuz and Vong, very Correct, fanatical yeah. individuals, and you also have in B five you've got the the early psychor or anti medicinary regulation right. terrorists. Right. When you do when you're writing stuff like that, do you look at world events that are going on, or you try to take it straight from that universe and not allow the real world to kind of intrude on what you're writing? Uh, you know, I mean, science fiction, for a really long time, has often played the role of, you know, the foil for this, right. for the, for our universe. Being, you know, allowing a venue to talk about, especially in, you know, like, early Star Trek episodes, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, you could talk about things that you couldn't actually talk about. Yeah, like um, the guys who were white on one side yeah. and black on the other, yeah. and the other guys who were white on the opposite and black on yeah. the You know, and, and, and um, you know, now that seems a little um, blunt, you know, mm-hmm. but at the time, you know, it was, it, it, I actually tend to sort of steer away from that. I like I like science fiction and fantasy for themselves rather than, than as metaphor. Re- yeah, f- rather than as metaphor for something else. And in fact, I get kind of irritated when I hear from literary types that that science fiction is really only useful and that its primary point is didactic. You know, like 1984 or Brave New World. That's what they mean when they say science fiction mm-hmm. because it's that's not true. It's not true. I mean, there is truth in it. There is, is science fiction and fantasy like that. And then there's other that's just about itself. Of course, I wrote, yeah, I was writing about terrorists a lot in the B-5 books, but that was, of course, before 9-11. Right. And it's not that there wasn't terrorism before, that there was actually plenty. Mm-hmm. And I did, of course, look at the way terrorists did things to sort of get an idea of how to have my terrorists act. And, you know, in the B-5 universe is the future of ours, so, you know, you're trying to push things down the road and and figure out what people are going to be doing then, and, and what how does technology change how war is fought and how terrorism is carried out? Even emissary of the void, that was a there was an element of ter- terrorism to that too, wasn't there? Because the the poisoning of a back to supply was part of the mm-hmm. the backdrop of that. Yeah, there was, and that was post nine eleven. I mean, I don't think I was really thinking of, yeah. of any connection there. Chemical but, warfare, yeah, biological, biological warfare. warfare. But see, I've, I've, I've been thinking about those things for a long time, and in fact, I wrote a book that a science fiction novel that was never published about one of the, the sort of background things that had happened was that um, that they they started genetically tailoring these happy bugs, like bacteria that would re- release LSD into your system, that kind of thing. And one of them had mutated and killed half of Southeast Asia. Yeah, so I've been I, you know I've, I've been thinking especially about like where biotech is going and and the uses and misuses of that for a while. You know, and, and the thing is, is so have a lot of other people. I mean, I think that probably 
people who read a lot of science fiction and fantasy were not particularly surprised about any of the stuff surrounding 9-11 and following it. I mean, horrified maybe, but not surprised. Um, and I think that's one of the great virtues of the genre, is that it doesn't, they almost, you don't, you know, science fiction writers almost never actually get the future right, but they help you think about it, and they get you in the habit of thinking about it. You know, so when something comes along on the internet, you know, I, I didn't quite predict it, I didn't quite see it in, in the form that it is, but nothing about it surprises me either. Whereas my contemporaries that didn't read that stuff were, I think, are still kind of, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I have just one last question, because um, I know we need to go and you need to go and things going on. Um, my last question is, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> I was a tree. tree All right, Barbara Walters. <coughs> I'm sorry, Daisy. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? I would be a live oak with great droopy spreading branches. Very well. <laughs> uh, one last question for me, I guess. If if we wanted it, I know there's going to be a lot of readers who have probably read the Star Wars stuff, or almost definitely read the Star Wars stuff, may have read the Babylon 5 stuff. Where would you suggest someone start if, they're, if they want to get into one of your original works? And you know they're already a fan of, of this the, type of story. Um, I guess. Where would you have them start? You know, in some ways, I think that my sort of historical fantasy, alternate history fantasies, the Age of Unreason, are closer to these because they're you know they kind of trip the light that light wire between fantasy and science fiction in a lot of ways. And I also think this, the kind of action that's involved. You know, there's a lot of swordplay and, and daring do and gunfire in those books. And the, the other books I've written have been mostly high fantasy and. Um, sword and sorcery and, uh, and, that, and that sort of thing so, which may be a little more removed it's, in, it's an interesting question but I've, ultimately I'll say all of them just read all of them <laughs> go buy them all we won't even charge you to sign them there you go okay last question for me do you like Monty Python? yes okay so you wouldn't be offended if we quoted it? no Okay, um, good, good it has to come up in every interview it has well, a little backstory well, we, we were fun like, Totally, Capoja totally question, which is pretty much my version, I'm sure, of a Monty Python question now. Somebody will say something. In fact, there was a point in episode three that I wanted to interject a really inappropriate Monty Python question. What did you want to say? Um, It's just a flesh wound. (laughs) 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 I wish I would have watched it with you. I would have screamed that out. I would have loved it. That's awesome. It got, you know, I went and saw it again for the, the third time with a girlfriend of mine, and we were sitting there, and it got, you know, at the third time is when you start analyzing all the costumes, figuring out how to make them, and you start making fun of it. And, yeah. In a loving way. Sure, of course. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Forsaken Sun Productions presents... You know what a 501st is? Excuse me? No. <laughs> the 501st? No. Is that a college savings fund? I don't know. organization from the perspective of its members 
people who inspire them. When I first go into a room, you walk in, you see a child resting there, and when they see you know, a stormtrooper, you see just their eyes light up. And I think when the 501st can make a difference in someone's life emotionally, um, that just has such a greater impact. Are you going to stay? I'd be honored. I tend to fall apart at the worst moments. Worst possible moments. Fighting stereotypes. We're the coolest people in this hotel. I think we have you beat. Fighting for their communities. It added a completely different element. Fighting each other. He's bringing up stuff that gets into arguments. Kind of a one-sided thing, it sounds like. It's discrimination. Can't we all just get along? Heart of an Empire. The life and times of the Fighting 501st. Who's the 501st? Coming soon www.heartofanempire.com We're back in the new news from the audio realm. There are two new Star Wars radio shows that are available. At, at first there was going to be more, but unfortunately uh, one of the shows, the uh, the Cantina, which is actually a German show, they only put out a few English episodes. Um, that was basically in, in uh, set up for episode three, much like Star Wars on Direct did originally when they were putting out nothing but French episodes. And uh, of course, they they moved to English. So I hope that the the German show, which had pro I'd say probably the best sound in in uh, in any of the uh, Star Wars audio shows. I mean, they they had some pro sounding stuff. Um, it was a decent show as well. I mean, just the content itself was good. But uh, I hope that they come back with more English episodes. How do you episodes. know it was in German? Well, no, because I listened to the English episodes. Oh, okay. So, um, but they're they're back to German. So, uh, but the two new shows that are out there right now is first off, uh, Jeff, and, and th these news bites are from StarWarsFanWorks.com. Uh, first, Jeff Roney from Tatooine TV, Revenge of the Socks fan film as well. Uh, we'll be starting up Roney's Own Radio, which are RZR, as everybody's going by uh, initials now. Um, actually, well, I can't really say that because we swiped that from DLR, but uh, which does not have a set release date yet, uh, but will be coming soon. It's going to be not just stick to Star Wars topics; it's going to be kind of all over the, all over the, uh, all over the place. Um, we've also got more details coming out on Clone Battles audio drama series is going to be coming out soon. There's also Lo uh, Lost Cause. There's No Hope, which is a really funny parody series that is coming out very soon. And the other audio show, of course, that you may not know about is the TFN Podcast, which, which is available at theforce.net slash podcast, which is a good show. And, of course, I mentioned Star Wars on Direct going weekly. We, there's also Conquest of the Empire, which Chapter 1 has just recently been released, as well as cr the Crossroads audio drama has just released a new episode. They've also got a new series coming out on darkerprojects.com. Chrono Radio 21.5 has the Con Carolinas comments and the fan audio panel recording. And there is also, finally, The Other Voices, which is uh, a little bit of a variety show, where there are many different hosts for the show, which I really like the, the concept, the idea, and, the, and uh, 
So it's really good. I uh, really suggest you go out and check that out. You can find more information about those at StarWarsFanWorks.com. And finally, uh, news, we have uh, X-Wing Gold Squadron, as well as uh, The Amazing Pulp Adventure starring Mr. Adventure and also my yet-untitled superhero series, just to give you an update. Um, they are still being edited. Uh, unfortunately, my time has grown very short with many, many projects, uh, both work, family, and others. So, the work is being done on those. They are coming soon. And because we are running out of time, I pass this on to Mr. Ron Garner with... The fanfic. All right. Hey, I tell you what, we're uh, we're running pretty short here, so I'm just going to hit some of the uh, some of the highlights. Uh, let's see, what have we got here? We've got uh, "Would You Die for Him" by Vader Lover sixty four. Vader Lover sixty four. Imagine if there had been five other people. I know. That had I know. Before that, <laughs> do more than die for him at that point. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Oh, and and for those of you who are ancestrally minded, Brother Mine by Geo3. There's no way that can be a good one. There's <laughs> yeah. no way that can be a family oriented. <laughs> it just can't. There's, it's not possible. But hey, I bet it is if it's hosted at TFN. Oh, here we go. Here we go. As the Sun Rises by Vader's Mistress. At least he said sun. Well, yeah. not, wait, was that S-O-N? Or S-U-N. Uh, uh, <laughs> S-U-N. Uh, S-U-N. Oh, no, okay. I, I, I'm wondering who Vader's Mistress is, though. You know? I... I, I Hey, can you think of anyone? Yeah, that, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, does Vader? Do things still work? Do you think I, at this point? Well, they're twisted and evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>! yeah. <laughs> I am the darkness by Vader Lover sixty four. Hey. Yeah. Popular. Still only sixty four of them. The Boy Herdsman by Bobil. Okay. The Boy Herdsman. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound what very. What is he shepherding? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a bantherer. That sounds like a, that sounds like something Michael Jackson might want to read. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just want to give my personal recommendation. Uh, let's see. In darkness I dwell by Scoobert. I just like the name Scoobert. Scoobert. Yeah. I just love Scoobert. Scoobert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missing you by Takira Leah or Lay, whatever. Takira Lay. <laughs> the Handmaiden's Gift. Ooh, I don't hey, know. Yeah. It's by Gina. It's by Gina, but... Yeah, Wait a second. With a plain name like that, come on. How much creativity can yeah. you have? I hope a lot. And, and, and my, my, uh, my, favorite, my favorite author has got a, a couple of <laughs> things on here. Counseling by Leanna Berry. <laughs> and Keep It by Leanna Berry. So counseling and then keeping it. Or keep yeah. Oh, here we go. Two more. Two good ones. Uh, the Better Part of Me by Nam Inal. Nam Inal. That's one that we've uh, yeah, heard I, from before. I actually like Nam Inal. That's a, that's a good name. Well, I think it's a play off of the Yuzhan Vong. I think it's a play yeah, off of Nam Yeah, a play off of Nomenor. That, that'd be my guess, but not Nam Oh, here we go. Do you believe in love? No, but I believe in magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Anyway, <laughs> by Obeona. Obeona. You know me reading off Obawawa. That was that was what made me lose the gig of doing the fanfic stuff, and you get it. So it's Obeona, you know. Anyway, she wants to know if we believe in love, or he wants to know if we believe in love, or or for those of you who are in that third category, it wants to know if we believe in love. So I want to, I want to believe. I don't know if I want to believe if there's life after love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
bring it up to share. I got it. Wow. I got yes. nothing. We're, and once the share share references once start pouring, that's where we need to end over. the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you again for listening to Requiem of the Outcast. Don't forget that the rest of the Great Keys interview is found at Chrono Radio uh, with StarWarsFanWorks.com. We'd, of course, like to thank Great Keys for being such a, an awesome guy. <laughs> For not getting pissed off at me throwing him out of the party. And, uh, of course, for sitting down with our Ron and Janine and, of course, Nathan's Nathan. And, uh, Nathan's uh, Nathan? Well, I said our, you guys, and I said Nathan. He represents himself. He's representing. Deanna's Nathan? Deanna's Nathan. That's yeah, true. Um, so. <laughs> So I wanted to thank everybody from Con Carolinas that was out there that uh, supported us in our panel, which went amazingly well. We yes, uh, thank, thank you to Lukeski, which I'm hoping that very soon we'll have the audio from uh, from that. Lukeski uh, did a great job while he was there. He, he did a great job on our panel. He did great job. on the improv and yeah. of course on stage. It was phenomenal. Sounded great. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. And of course, check out more information as well as more episodes at RecommendTheOutcast.com. Don't forget to swing by our forums. Uh, we've also got all of our email contact information, Janine's Life Journal. Rich's <laughs> okay. Life Journal. And I, and I would also like to caution you, please avoid the share references. We are professionals here, and we do take the proper safety precautions before yes. we bring those things into the show. And as a matter of fact, if you have better safety precautions or a better way that we should have ended this episode, feel free to call 206-333-1138. That is the roto line. So anyway, you guys have fun. Enjoy your bootlegged DVD copies of Revenge of the Sith for those of you out there who have them. And don't forget, buy the DVDs. You and everybody else. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, it is a period of civil war. The Dark Lords of the Sith, led by Darth Bane and Lord Khan, have won a hard-fought victory against the Jedi forces of Lord Hoth. Now, they descend upon the planet Dagobah, where even now the forces of light prepare to face their own demons before battling the darkness to come. Little do they... Can you believe this? Little do they know that... Nathan, I say, can you believe this? Dude! What? I'm trying to be all narration-like here and you're discombobulating my dramatic juju. What's your damage? Sight's not working. Again. Let me see that. Dude, I'm telling you, it's not working. Hang on. A, uh, Rich? Yeah? Yeah. It's not working. I don't know why you even bother with this free web hosting crap. Look, you've got banners all over the place. Pop-ups and the space and bandwidth they give you makes Warwick Davis look like Peter Mayhew. (laughs) Whoops. Lost me on that one. It's minuscule genius. Yeah, well, I'm not paying enough to buy a new BMW for hosting, man. We'll deal with it. And if you can't get your new project online when it's done because your web provider sucks? Okay, yeah, then I'll have a problem. Have problems you will not. If Nexus.net you use, yes! Yoda! Nexus.net? Well, let's check it out. Looking for a great web host you are? No further you look. Check out Nexus.net. Oh, wow, man. $19.95 a month for a year of this small business package. Uh, 20 gigs of bandwidth, CGI scripting, 450 megs of space, 30 email boxes, FTP access, up to 30 MySQL databases, SSL, and up to 30 subdomains. Hey, hey, this one might fit my gal pal's little site. Gal pal? Hey, shut up and act excited, will ya? Yeah, 0.5 gigs of transfer, 20 megs of space, 
email and FTP access for $4.95 a month on a yearly plan. That's less than I usually spend on lunch. All these packages, I don't know which to go for. You think the big one? $44.95 a month on a yearly plan for 35 gigabytes of bandwidth, 550 megs of space, 100 email boxes, 10 FTP accounts, 100 databases, SSH, SSL, static IP address, 100 subdomains, and CGI scripting. Yeah! Dude, do you even know what half of that stuff is? I have no idea what this stuff is, but hey, with this price, I'll learn. But if your project really starts to kick some tail and we need some more... Easy, that is. Yes. Nexus.net will customize a special plan just for you. And the bigger the site, the bigger the discount you get on hosting. Size matters not. Not according to a female, Sparky. Tell other fans about this, you should. We are. Right now. Hi, this is Rich Siegfried. And Nathan Butler. From StarWarsFanWorks.com. We hope you'll consider Nexus.net for your hosting needs. They maintain many well-known sites like Chud.com. And even wannabe prima donnas like Nathan here with StarWarsFanWorks.com. Who host a lot of big files by people like Rich with tiny brains with heavy traffic. And they're also the host for StarWarsWithAZ.com. We've had great luck with the Nexus.net service, and now we want to pass along the word to you. But that's not all, is it, you shameless promoter? No, it's not, my able-bodied sidekick in plugging. Star Wars fan audio creators who choose to host their files on a Nexus.net account. Which gives you a great hosting deal. And us, a new member of the fan audio family. Will be guaranteed an on-air interview for the project creators on either Requiem of the Outcast. Or Chrono Radio to help you promote your project to new listeners. Yeah, it's not as good as, say, a chance to win a new car or something. But it's our little way of saying, hey, Nexus.net comes with our highest recommendation. That website again is Nexus.net. That's N-E-X-C-E-S-S dot N-E-T. They can spell net. Shut up. What? You're leaving? You're crazy, too.